I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 576 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are headed to the comedy club today as I am joined by First Class Father and stand-up comedian Anthony Rodia. Now, Anthony has got such an inspiring story. If you are a dad that is stuck in a job that you hate and you have got a passion to do something creative, Please listen up, because Anthony is a guy who did just that. He has found tremendous success doing comedy, uh, which was his passion, which is his passion. It now supports him, his wife, and his kids. He is selling out venues left and right. He took full advantage during the pandemic and really created a cult following on social media. Uh, Success leaves clues. So like I said, if you have a passion or an instinct to do something that you love, but you're afraid uh, to take the plunge because you are supporting a family who depends on you or, or somebody you know is in that position... Listen up, share this episode with them. Anthony is touring now with his The Road Rage Tour. You may have heard him on Elvis Duran in the morning or on his podcast, Little Bit of Laughs. He is absolutely hilarious. I'm happy to have him on the podcast today. Anthony Rodia will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Anthony Rodia was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the comedian and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys are fans of comedians, you like the stand-up comedy scene, go back and check out my interviews with so many comedy dads that have been on the podcast here, including Howie Mandel, Adam Carolla, Jim Brewer, Danelle Rawlings, even Seinfeld's George Costanza, Jason Alexander has been on the podcast here. Scroll through the archives of the podcast, you'll see so many of the funny dads that have stopped by uh, that I've been honored to have on the podcast here. The Super Bowl is over. I hope you guys had a chance to check out my coverage of Super Bowl 56 Media Day. I did a lot of virtual and in-person interviews with the dads and the coaches that played or participated in Super Bowl 56. Uh, If you missed out on that, flip it back one episode and take a listen to all the dads of the big game. And if you'd like to buy tickets to see Anthony Rodia, if you're going to go see a Broadway show, if you're going to see a concert, whatever it may be, get them over at SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app. Plug in my promo code at the checkout first class and you're going to save $20 on your tickets and help support the podcast right here. It's a win-win situation. So if you're going to buy the tickets anyway, if you're going to go see a baseball starting back up, hockey is in full swing, basketball's going down. If you're going to buy the tickets, buy them at SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code first class, one word, first class at the checkout. Save $20 on your tickets. Okay, and be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. Got some great ones coming your way soon. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider hitting me with a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Anthony Rodia. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Anthony Rodia. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. What's going on, Alec? All right. Well, listen, it's nice to have you here. Uh, let's start just like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Uh, two kids. Uh, daughter is six, going on 35, and my son just turned two. All right. Very cool. You got one and one there. Are you going to try to break the tie with a third or are you all done? No, no, not at all. When I, before I got married, man, I wanted to have like four or five kids, 
And after the first one, my daughter's a handful. I said, you know, let's try again. If we have a girl, I'm going to call it quits. If we have a boy, I'm calling it quits. And thank God I got a boy out of it. Yeah, I got four kids myself. We had three boys, then finally got the girl on the fourth try. So, um, oh, you you were playing with house money with three boys. Yeah, well, listen, if we didn't get the girl on four, we would have went for five. So, but we got her, and uh, and that's the name of that tune. Yeah, so <laughs> you 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 have a really good patience level. Yeah, I do now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's something that comes over time for sure. Uh, not right. not in the very beginning of it all. I can tell you that, but. Yeah. Um, if you could, Anthony, please do, do me a favor here and just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Um, well, I, I, I've done everything under the sun. Um, I'm a registered cardiac ultrasound tech. Uh, I've done electrical work. Last job I had real, I call it a real job was, uh, I was in finance for uh, luxury auto brands and, um, 38 years old. I was at the movies. Uh, I was at a Deadpool movie. And the whole crowd was laughing. And uh, I was just, a buddy of mine said, you don't find it funny? He was like, you love these movies. I said, no, I find it funny. It's just a switch just went off in my head. I want to do this. And he goes, you want to be Deadpool? I go, what? No, I can't. No, you don't want to see me in red spandex. I said, I want to I want to get into comedy again. I did it when I was in like my 20s. But like a lot of open mics, nothing really crazy. And uh, three years later, man, three, four years later, just took off. I'm doing it full time. Yeah, it's incredible, man. You've really skyrocketed here. And so in the beginning of this, then take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey then. So how old were you when you became a dad and had a dad experience uh, kind of change your perspective on life and fit into this whole thing with the comedy taking off? Well, I was I was 35 when I when we had my daughter and um, my job. I mean, I made great money. I was able to support my family. My you know, my wife was able to leave her job and stay home and raise my daughter. Um, I didn't see anybody. I was leaving my house. I, I live on Long Island. I was working in Greenwich, Connecticut. So I had about an hour and 10 minute commute every day. Uh, I was leaving my house at seven o'clock in the morning when my daughter was sleeping. And I was getting home at eight, nine o'clock at night when my daughter was sleeping. So I've only, I only saw her twice a week. And um, I, I, again, my job wasn't horrible. I just didn't, I didn't love it. And I'm a firm believer, man. You got one life to live. You got one shot. Enjoy it as much as you possibly can. Cause tomorrow's not guaranteed. And, um, I said, you know, I'm going to get into comedy, but first I want to build an audience. So I used the internet, I used social media, I started doing relatable humor and it started catching on. And I remember uh, 2019, March, I think it was March 18th to be exact. I said to myself, um, I have a 7.30 in the morning finance meeting and we get our quarterlies so I could see what I made for the quarter. If I made more doing comedy, you know, doing shows here and there, because I had a small agent that I was with, Roger Paul, um, but I was booked. I mean, I was booked for like probably six months out. So I said, if I made more or the same doing comedy than my actual job, I'm going to quit. And, uh, I remember I looked at it and I made more doing comedy that first quarter. And everyone says, don't burn your bridge. Dude, I torched the hell out of whatever bridge I had left. I walked into this finance meeting. I told everybody that I worked for what I thought about them. Some of them I liked, <laughs> they weren't upset. Some of them I had a lot brewing. Uh, I went home and uh, my wife looked at me. And she goes, what are you doing home so early? I said, I quit my job and be a comedian. She started crying. And she was like, you think you're funny enough to be a comedian? What's wrong with you? I'm like, that's not what I expected. And I told her I wanted to follow my dream. And she said, I should have just taken a nap. I said, I didn't want to have a dream. I want to follow it. And um, 
you know, obviously the worries, you know, what are we going to do? We have a young kid. Um, you know, what are we going to do about medical insurance? And then, um, you know, I think that's what motivated me the most to not, you know, let down, I let her down, let my daughter down. Um, and I kept the pedal on the throttle, man. And it just, it took off. And then a year into it, I found out we were having, you know, we were having another child and, and that really kind of forced me to just, you know, just kind of get my sights on what I want and, and go for it. And, uh, I haven't looked back since. Very well said. That's incredible, Anthony. And one of the things I, I do try to tell the young guys, cause a lot of kids, you know, when I tell them I have four kids, they look at me like I got four heads, you know what I mean? They think right. that's crazy. <laughs> And especially yeah. the young guys, they think of like having kids is like something they never want to get involved in in their life. It's going to ruin like, you know, so much of what's going on. But it really is the reverse effect. It, it, it motivates you to want to get the max out of what you're doing and to 100%. earn as much money as possible. So it really lights a fire under you like nothing else will in this world. And, right. uh, and a lot of guys, too, that, that, that do have kids in a situation like yours there uh, would be afraid to make that leap. Uh, just because now with the added responsibility of the family, the wife, you're thinking, wow, you, you, you'd rather stay in that mediocre job uh, making the guaranteed money than take that chance, take that risk. But I like what you said there, how you started building it up a little bit on social media. And so yeah. you didn't just quit the job and then start opening an Instagram account like, you know, what I mean, you had a little bit a little bit of the ball rolling there. And um, so. Uh, I know COVID-19 came in, I guess, right after this had started for you. What was it like for you when COVID hit? Did that help put you in better position with the comedy or did it hurt? Um, what was it like for you being a young dad during the beginning of all the COVID stuff? It, it, it was scary, man. I, I, you know, I left my job March of 2018, uh, 2019 and COVID hit the, basically the final, you know, the, exactly a year after. Uh, and to touch on what you were saying about having a kid, I tell everybody having a kid was what turned me into a man. You know, seeing that you created life, seeing that that life, you're, you're responsible for that life and you want to give your kids everything that you had plus more. Um, I just I from that point on, I was never going to be able to be content with how much money I made or how well I did. I just wanted to keep doing it to just kind of give her a better life. And now my son. Um, but when COVID hit, my son was born January 4th, 2020. So he was born right when it started. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was actually going to go back to work because I had 164 gigs canceled and rescheduled. And uh, at that time, I think I might have had, I don't know, 280,000 followers altogether, uh, you know, with all my social media platforms. And um, I remember I'm sitting down watching TV in my basement. And I'm on the phone with a cousin of mine. And I said, you know, there's nothing on TV. I mean, all you got to watch is the news with the death clock that they post or <laughs> Tiger King. You know, in Tiger King, I, it's like a train wreck. So I said, wow, nobody has anything to watch. I'm going to start making videos and I'm going to go like overboard. I made 96 videos in a row and I posted one every night, seven o'clock for three and a half months straight. And um, I'm telling you, it was the best thing I ever did. My, my following went from, I think, 240,000 to 900,000 in six months. I was getting 80,000 a week on Facebook. People were just sharing it 50, 60, 70,000 times videos were getting millions of views and um that's how i built my crowd and now and then i started doing shows outside i was doing outdoor shows whatever i can do and now you know i'll do you know like this week and i've got you know two basically two sold out shows at foxwoods and um you know people come up to me all the time at every show and they thank me you know they're like thank you for giving us kind of an escape during a horrible time where we needed a laugh you gave it to us and i think them coming out is their way of showing me 
kind of, you know, supporting me for what I did for them. And it's, it's amazing, man. And, and if anything, it, it made me realize how strong laughter could be. You know, you need it. I mean, when you're laughing, think about it, you're in a good mood. And to be able to do that, it, it really means a lot. It, it puts more meaning behind what I do. Yeah, very well said, Anthony. And I agree with you there. I'm one of those guys, too. Like, you, you definitely need I'm more into watching. If I'm going to watch something, I'd rather put on a comedy. I, I, definitely yeah. for me. And I've had a lot of the comedians on here. Uh, Adam Carolla, Howie Mandel, uh, Jim Brewer, all these guys, uh, good dads, good comedians. But one of the things I, I, I usually try to ask them is because we've been hit with the cancel culture and nowhere is it more effective or hurt than in that comedy scene where it's kind of like things that you may have used to say and incorporate into the comedy now may want to stay away from. We've seen what happened with the Dave Chappelle and the, out, uh, and, and the outburst and all this other stuff. Do you... Right kind of watch what you're doing does it affect in any way what you're doing as far as uh when you're writing your comedy or when you're going to perform do you keep that in the back of your mind like oh i better not say this or do you alter your your show based on on that cancel uh, culture no i do the opposite uh, my thing is you come to my show you're in my house that's my house that theater that comedy club you're in my house now um and no one's going to tell me what to say in my house if you're coming to a comedy show with a clipboard and a notebook taking notes on what offended you, you have no business in a comedy club or a theater or at a comedy show. Uh, I grew up on all the all the old school greats, Rodney Dangerfield, George Carlin, uh, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. My first stand up I've ever saw, I was eight years old, I snuck or seven years old, I snuck into my aunt's living room New Year's Eve and I watched Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, it was shell shock, but I that was my first comedy show. Uh, I come from a big Italian family. Um, you know, a lot of busting chops, a lot of joking around, uh, you get a bad haircut, someone's going to exploit you for it. So with comedy, people have to stop looking at it as an attack. You know, if I talk about someone that I, I came into contact with, that's large or someone old or short or to whatever it is, if I'm talking about my wife or my kids, people have to stop looking at it as I'm attacking them because it resonates it should resonate. Relatable comedy is funnier than non-relatable comedy because it hits close to home. And I think a lot of people have gotten off that where they think it's a direct attack on them. And if they really sat back and, and realized what comedy is, you go to a comedy show, that's supposed to be an enjoyable escape from whatever you're going through in real life. It's supposed to take you away from reality and bring you into a world where for an hour, an hour and a half or whatever it is, you're laughing. And I try to make people laugh until their stomach hurts. And People, you know, people write me sometimes, oh, I didn't know your show was going to be like that. You know, you really kind of talk about everything. And I'm like, well, listen, if it offends you, it, it, it pleases more people than it offends. You know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm very raunchy or, you know, I like to keep everything tasteful because I have 18 year olds on my shows and 80 year olds on my shows. I've got three generations. Um, so I've got to watch what I say in that sound. I, I, I like to keep it tasteful. But I don't limit myself, man. I, I say I said to myself, the day that I have to tiptoe around comedy because I'm afraid of who I'm going to offend, I'll stop doing it. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know where that shift actually happened because I, I'm with you there. Like the, the, the more offensive, the funnier, like to me, in, in, yeah. in the sense of listening to the comment. That's what you expect. I, that's what I expect. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a railroader. I've been working for the railroad for 22 years. So it's like the language and stuff, the, the ball breaking that goes on there. It's like anything right. goes. And it's like then you see some people like get offended. And sometimes I wonder if it's just like if they're faking it, like if they're just pretending to be offended. Or are you really offended by some of this stuff? Like sometimes yeah. it seems so. It seems it's, so disingenuous. I, I agree with you, man. Some people just like to complain. That's what I've kind of come to the conclusion with. Some people just like to complain. They feel like if they're okay with everything, people are going to look at them different. People are so worried about what others are going to think about them. Um, like I had one, 
Like I, I talk about every, I talk, I, I'm constantly writing the material. I, I write what goes on. You know, like I, I, my last show, I spoke about how I went to a deli that I was going and it was a woman in the front, you know, ordering. And I've seen her in there a thousand times. And she's like, can I just get a, can I get a sample of the roast beef? And they gave it to her and she's like, mm, that's delicious. I'll take a pound of that. And can, can I just get a slice of the salami? And I said to her, I go, excuse me, can, can I, can I order? She goes, I'm not done. I go, do you honestly think that anyone in this place feels like you've never had turkey and you've never had salami? And she was a large woman. Right. So she goes, what's that? I said, you know what that's supposed to mean. That's like me coming in here and going, what does an Italian combo taste like? I said, just order the cold cuts. And she was like, wow, where do you get off? I go, I'm in a rush. You're taking samples of stuff you've had every, every week. A lady emails me and she goes, I enjoyed your entire show, except when you fat shamed that woman at the deli. And I'm like, are you a large woman? She goes, no. I said, then what the hell do you care? I said, seriously, what are you, like a, an overweight crusader? You're just going to go out there and stick up for all that? I said, you think I have no overweight people in my family? I'm Italian. I have like one uncle, like literally two chicken cutlets away from probably having a stroke. He don't care. I said, just relax, man. I said, and if it makes you feel better, my underwear is folded right now by itself. And she's like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? My stomach during COVID got so big where it has the ability to fold my underwear band in half. It's folded right now. She goes, I don't understand what you mean. And then I just, I said, you know what? Forget it. There's no even joking around with people like that. You can't, I, I used to let it bother me, man, but you can't please everybody. And there are going to be those people in a room of a thousand people, 999 of them will be laughing. And that person that's not laughing will think they're the ones with the issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, terrible the way that works out. And I'm curious, too, because I know that you create the characters like the Uncle Vinny and stuff like this. Do you have certain characters or, or, or stuff that you do just for your kids alone? Like do you have separate stuff you do with them. And, and is it difficult? Like I know your son probably too young, but does your daughter know the difference between when you're being serious and, and, and when you're uh, you're joking around and stuff like that? Is it hard for her to tell? And, and, um, and I would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I if I start counting to three. Uh, she knows I'm serious and I've turned into my parents. I've never heard my father. I don't even know if my father knows that I count to four. I've never heard him. It usually went two and a half. And if I didn't come over there, everything started getting a little black. Everything started dimming. Um, but yeah, I got, I have to, t I mean, it's hard because she knows I joke around for a living. Um, and she's very involved in my comedy. I have her on my videos, believe it or not. I mean, a couple of my big shows, I just did a show at Westbury in December, 2000 people. And she introduced me on stage in front of everybody. So she likes what I do. She loves what I do. Uh, but yeah, she knows when I'm serious. When my face goes like this, <laughs> she knows if, if daddy's not smiling or laughing, which I am probably 90% of the time, she did something wrong. And she'll test me sometimes. I'll be like, Gabriella, come here. And she'll look at me and she'll go, are we doing a skit? No, 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 no. This is not a skit. Come over here. And she's like, Okay. And her whole, her whole mood drop. She's a big manipulator too, man. My daughter will like come up to me and she goes, before you yell at me, I just want to say how grateful I am and thankful for what you and mommy do for me. I'm the best parents in the world. I go, are you serious right now? How am I going to yell at you after you said that? She goes, and I guess you don't have to yell at me, daddy. I'm like, Oh my, like my look, am I almost crying? I'm like, what is this girl doing to me? She like rips my soul out of my chest. She's good at it too. But yeah, you, you, you got to put your foot down. I was disciplined. I was raised old school and I'm going to raise my kids that way, man. I always say, if you don't shelter your kids 
they will not get offended when they go out into the real world. I saw so much traumatizing things in my house and heard so many offensive things from my father that once I started going out, everyone's like, that's offensive. I'm like, why? I'm like, that's nothing compared to what my dad used to say. So I, I think, I, I think uh, you have to let your kids know when you're serious, but at the same time, man, I have fun with my kids and I don't, I don't shelter my daughter. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And it's, it's definitely a challenge for me. Like I said, I have three, three boys and then my, my daughter, and she can be very manipulative too. She knows uh, yeah. that my disciplining with her is far different than it is with my boys. And I'm st- it's still something my wife gets on me about, and I'm still a work in progress with, you know? So yeah. uh, what about as far as values go, Anthony, what would you consider the top values you want to be uh, to instill in your kids as they grow up? Uh, well, one of the reasons why I did what I did, I wanted to set an example for my daughter. Don't let anybody in this world tell you, you can't do something. Um, when I, when I left my job, man, I had my family, I had my friends, you know, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? You've got a family to support. Uh, you've got a good job. You make great money. And I said, it doesn't matter what you think. I'm living my life. You know, I've got a tattoo on my back, a beautiful like cross and I'm adding to it. And it's exactly what I want to have my kids grow up uh, believing and feeling. Um, I'm going to put something. It says, uh, I'm going to live my life until the day I die. And that can't be any more true on how I live my life. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. So I'm going to tell my kids, you want to do something in life? Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. The only person that can stop you from doing something is you. If you're not comfortable in a position, you don't like where you live, you don't like where you work, change it. Change it. Now, granted, some people have better opportunity than some, you know, some people are just born into better opportunities, but at the end of the day, whether it's going to take a lot of work or a little work, if you don't like what you're doing and you don't like how your life is going, change it. And those same people that doubted you are going to be the same people that come out of the woodworks and make it like they supported you from the get go. And that's just, that's just how it is because, you know, a lot of people, they're not happy with their life because they've gotten content and they're afraid to make that risk. And I made a huge risk and I, I don't think anything in life is worth enjoying or I don't think anything in life can truly be amazing unless there's a risk involved. Um, kids, okay, having kids is a big risk, but they're the most amazing things in the world. And uh, I don't think I've ever loved anything more than my kids. But that's what I'm going to tell them, man. Grow up and, and do whatever you need to do to be happy and don't let anybody stand in your way. Yeah, I love that, Anthony. Yeah, listen, it's all risky, right? It's all of it's yeah. risky, but none of us are getting out of this alive. You know what I mean? So, right. um, I, I I love your passion there and your drive. So, what's next to you? I know you got the comedy tour going right now. How many shows you got in the tour, and what kind of plans or goals you're working on for the future? Um, yeah, I got Foxwoods coming up. We got a lot of big venues coming up. I'm booked all the way until probably September. Uh, we're gonna pack out the the the, the schedule. Um, my goal for this year, I want to come out with a special. Um, I don't know what it's going to be on, but it will be on one of the major streaming networks or cable networks. Uh, once the special comes out, you know, that'll get national. Uh, I've got my wine that just came out. That's doing really well. It's got my characters on it. Um, we're coming out with toys, uh, little plush dolls that, you know, you'll push a button and they'll have like five or six sayings, uncle Vinny and Z Lucia dolls. Uh, and we're working on a cartoon. Uh, so a lot of big things happen. I just, I, I, I don't, I'm never content, man. I'm pushing. And every time I get comfortable and I'm like, all right, maybe I don't have to do a video this week. Um, I look at my kids and I'm like, I, you know what, as a dad, I can't take my foot off the throttle. Their future relies on me and I'm going to give them the best, uh, the best life I could possibly give them. Yeah. Great stuff. Anthony, last thing I want to hit you with here. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Good luck. 
<laughs> Look, I didn't I didn't know how hard being a parent was, man. And you know, and again, I'm on the road a lot. Um, you know, my wife Michelle, she does a lot with the kids. She takes them all over the place, gymnastics, school, everything like that. I'll pick my daughter up and drop her off a lot when I'm home. But uh good luck. It's it's a lot and you don't realize it until that kid comes out. Um that life that life is in your hands. You're responsible for that life. You're responsible how that kid grows up. All these kids today that are doing stupid things and, and maybe breaking the law and all this, I always say, I don't care what they're going through, everything starts in the home. The way you raise your kids is the way they're going to grow up. And if your kid is a bad kid or your kid's doing something they don't belong doing, uh, that's a reflection on you as a parent. So if you're going to have a kid, just know that the way that kid grows up and becomes an adult, that that's going to heavily weigh on you and you're responsible for that life. So if you're not ready to give a kid the world, and you're not ready to just make that child everything to you, then you're not ready to have a kid yet. And I'm glad I waited till I was 35. Yeah, very well said, Anthony. I love the message. I'm going to put the link uh, to the tour, to your website, in the description of today's podcast awesome. episode so my listeners can get over there, grab some tickets. Uh, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. My, my pleasure, man. Anytime, Alec. Thank you for having me on. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Anthony Rodia for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Really inspired by Anthony's story. I, I think it's a great one. Please share this podcast with anybody you know out there that's working a job they hate and thinking about pursuing something that they have a real passion for. I think Anthony is definitely a, a good testimony uh, to it is possible. And if he can do it, you can do it. Don't forget, today's uh, podcast was brought to you by SeatGeek. If you're going to buy tickets to go see Anthony Rodia or any other comedian or Broadway show, concert, whatever it may be, go to SeatGeek.com and at the checkout, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS, one word, FIRSTCLASS, and save $20 on your tickets. Help support the podcast right here. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are First Class Fathers. Welcome, everybody, to Welcome, everybody, to episode 576 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are headed to the comedy club today as I am joined by First Class Father and stand-up comedian Anthony Rodia. Now, Anthony has really has... Now, Anthony has got a... Re- now, Anthony has got such an inspiring story. If you are a dad that is stuck in a job that you hate and you have got a passion to do something creative, please listen up because Anthony is a guy who did just that. He has fa- he has found huge success doing comedy. That has been his passion. Uh, he has found huge success doing comedy, which is his passion. And now, 
He has found tremendous success doing comedy, uh, which was his passion, which is his passion. It now supports him, his wife, and his kids. He is selling out venues left and right. He took full advantage during the pandemic and really created a cult following on social media. Uh, Success leaves clues. So like I said, if you have a passion or an instinct to do something that you love, but you're afraid uh, to take the plunge because you are supporting a family who depends on you or or somebody you know is in that position, listen up, share this episode with them. Uh, This is really good stuff. Anthony, this is really good stuff. Anthony is touring now with his, the, this is really, Anthony is touring now with his The Road Rage Tour. You may have heard him on Elvis Duran in the morning or on his podcast, A Little Bit of Laughs. He's a tremendous... Di- he is absolutely hilarious. I'm happy to have him on the podcast today. Anthony Rodia will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Anthony Rodia was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the comedian and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys are and if you guys are fans of comedians, you like the stand-up comedy scene. Go back and check out my interviews with so many comedy dads that have been on the podcast here, including Howie Mandel, Adam Carolla, Jim Brewer, Danelle Rawlings, even Seinfeld's George Costanza. Jason Alexander has been on the podcast here. Scroll through the archives of the podcast. You'll see so many of the funny dads that have stopped by uh, that I've been honored to have on the podcast here. The Super Bowl is over. I hope you guys had a chance to check out my coverage of Super Bowl 56 Media Day. I did a lot of virtual and in-person interviews with the dads and the coaches that played or participated in Super Bowl 56. Uh, If you missed out on that, flip it back one episode and take a listen to all the dads of the big game. And if you'd like to buy tickets to see Anthony Rodia, if you're going to go see a Broadway show, if you're going to see a concert, whatever it may be, Get them over at SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app. Plug in my promo code at the checkout first class and you're going to save $20 on your tickets and help support the podcast right here. It's a win-win situation. So if you're going to buy the tickets anyway, if you're going to go see a baseball starting back up, hockey is in full swing, basketball's going down. If you're going to buy the tickets, buy them at SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code first class, one word, first class at the checkout. Save $20 on your tickets. Okay, and be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. Got some great ones coming your way soon. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider hitting me with a rating or a review over on Apple. Uh, if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider hitting me with a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. And as always, guys, please spell. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Anthony Rodia. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. 
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Anthony Rodia for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Really inspired by Anthony's story. I, I think it's a great one. Please share this podcast with anybody you know out there that's working a job they hate and thinking about pursuing something that they have a real passion for. I think Anthony is definitely a, a good testimony uh, to it is possible, and if he can do it, you can do it. Don't forget, today's uh, podcast was brought to you by SeatGeek. If you're going to buy tickets to go see Anthony Rodia or any other comedian or Broadway show, concert, whatever it may be, go to SeatGeek.com and at the checkout, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS, one word, FIRSTCLASS, and save $20 on your tickets. Help support the podcast right here. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.